In the name of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last June, I had the privilege of preaching at a wedding in my home parish of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. I'd known the groom since his birth and felt especially honored to be invited to be part of their special day. We did our premarital counseling via Zoom, and, and I delighted in getting to know Jack and Kelly more deeply as adults. I gave them the appointed lessons from the Book of Common Prayer for weddings and asked them to each read them, read them together and to pick the lessons that really spoke to them. And when it came time for them to reveal their choices, they had chosen the gospel that we just heard from Matthew. It was a surprise because that's not one of the lessons that I had given to them, but Jack had learned about the Beatitudes when he was in high school. And it really was, that lesson was one that really spoke to them. It's a challenging message for a couple as they're beginning their married lives together. Think about those Beatitudes that we just heard. It's a challenging message, I think, for all of us as we try to live our lives the way Jesus calls us to live them. In these Beatitudes, we hear Jesus turning the tables upside down, turning the world upside down. What a different world we might have if we all took Jesus' words and wrestled with them daily, all those Beatitudes, to wrestle with them daily, just as we might wrestle with the words of the prophet Micah. How interesting that we have these lessons appointed for today, given the week through which we have just traveled. By now you've heard of the tragic death of the young man named Tyree Nichols, who was beaten to death in Memphis on Friday, a little less than two weeks after the death of Martin Luther King Jr. was remembered. You may have seen the video of what happened to Tyree. I want to read to you a pastoral word from presiding Bishop Michael Curry on the death of Tyree Nichols. This message came an email yesterday, and you may have seen it or read parts of it, but I want to read all of Michael Curry's words to you this morning. Michael Curry says, Sense cannot be made of the murder of a young man at the hands of five men whose vocation and calling are to protect and serve. This was evil and senseless. There's a passage from the Hebrew prophet Jeremiah, which is later quoted in Matthew's gospel. When innocent baby boys are killed by an immoral dictator, hear those words, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. With the murder of Tyre Nichols, another mother, as in the biblical text, weeps with the mothers of Emmett Till, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Armand Arbery, and so many others. A family grieves, a community fears, 
a nation is ashamed. Like the psalmist in the Bible, something in us cries out, How long, O Lord? How long? How long violence? How long cruelty? How long the utter disregard for the dignity and worth of every child of God? How long? Michael Curry goes on to say, as if, if, as if it wasn't enough, there's another horrible dimension to what happened. Tyree Nichols was beaten, kicked, and cursed as if he was not a human being. Then after he was lying on the ground, having called for his mother, they let him stay there for several minutes without anyone, including the police and EMT who were present providing medical assistance. Not one good Samaritan. He says Jesus once told a story to teach about what it looks like to love one's neighbor, which Moses and Jesus both said is a commandment of God. It's a story about a man beaten nearly to death and left on the side of the road to die by people who knew what Moses taught about love for God and neighbor and what the prophet Micah taught when he said that God requires three things of us, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Only one person stopped to help this man on the road, and he did so without regard for the fact that they were of different religions, nationalities, ethnic groups, and even different politics. The second man was a Samaritan, and he helped because the man on the road was human. He helped because he was a fellow child of God. He helped because the man lying on the side of the road, regardless of race, class, clan, stripe, or type, was his brother. And the man who helped has been called the Good Samaritan. The fundamental call and vocation of law enforcement officials, and indeed every one of us, is that of the Good Samaritan. Here is where there's hope. The Good Samaritan in the parable of Jesus was not the last one. Curry goes on to say there are Good Samaritans who are, in gov who are government officials in Memphis, who are, after assessing what happened, fired the offending officers, charged them with crimes against human life and dignity, and have committed to addressing systemic and cultural issues that created an environment in which this evil was enabled. There are good Samaritans doing what is necessary to radically reform the environment and culture of law enforcement to create an atmosphere in which the dignity and worth of every human being is respected, protected, affirmed, and honored. There are good Samaritans in law enforcement and other first responders who often work while others sleep, laboring to protect and serve, at times risking their own lives for the neighbor they do not even know. There are good Samaritans, people of goodwill and human decency, who are peacefully protesting 
There are good Samaritans who are activists working tirelessly for the realization of communities and countless where there is truly, as the Pledge of Allegiance proclaims, liberty and justice for all. While we grieve, we cannot give up or give in. Just throwing up our hands in despair is not an option, lest we leave a brother, a sister, a sibling on the side of the road again. No, let more Samaritans arise so that Tyre Nichols' death will not be in vain. And Curry asks us all to please pray for Tyre's family, the whole Memphis community, this nation, and the world. But also pray for people to rise up like the Good Samaritan and work to create change so this never happens again. And may the soul of Tyre and the souls of all the departed through the mercies of God rest in peace and rise in glory. Amen. It's a long message from presiding Bishop Michael Curry, and I thought it was important to read it to you this morning, knowing some may have already read it. I was deeply touched by what Michael said and the truth with which he spoke, naming what needed to be named. I received numerous statements in my email yesterday, as you well may have, in addition to Michael Curry's from Governor Lamont, the Dean of Yale Divinity School, Jamila Hodge from Equal Justice USA, Hartford Current, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of the news feeds were filled with the tragic news of this 29-year-old's horrific death. He was a beloved son, father of a four-year-old, a child of God, a human being who had life brutally taken from him by inexplicable force. So how do we respond to the murder of this young man who cried out for his mother and who also cried out, I'm just trying to get home? We are sadly reliving our history in this nation Years ago, before I was ordained, I used to attend the Diocese of Southern Virginia's Christian Education Conference at Shrinemont, which is a conference and retreat center in Orkney Springs, a community in western Shenandoah County in Virginia. It was a week-long summer camp for adults, all sorts of workshops, experiential worship, fun ways to learn, challenging and inspiring speakers, Lots of community building, a spiritually refreshing time for lay, for, for lay and clergy to be away. I was a lay person at that point. And I will always remember one of our worship times together. When it was time for the gospel to be offered, two gospelers read, one from the biblical text and one from a newspaper. They were laid side by side as one line or verse was read from Holy Scripture, a corresponding line or headline was read from the newspaper, profoundly showing us that the gospel is to be interpreted and brought into our own time, however that can be done. Henry Nowen has an old book entitled With Open Hands. You may know it. 
first published in 1972. It's a book about Nowen's and others' personal experience with prayer. Nowen gathered a group of students engaging them for many hours in conversation about what prayer is like. From those discussions, Nowen created words that describe prayer and living. He then invited two photographers to capture the faces of human beings that reflected the words. He wanted the words and the images to speak to offer a deep sense of prayer and reflections of life. Sadly, we have these tragic images of Tyree Nichols beating and murder. In Nowen's chapter called Prayer and Compassion, he writes the following. Compassion includes various moments. In the first place, it shows you that your neighbor is one who shares humanity with you. That partnership cuts through all walls which may have been kept to separate you. Across all barriers of land and language, wealth and poverty, knowledge and ignorance, we are all still one, created from the same dust, subject to the same laws, and destined for the same end. With this compassion, you can say, in the expression of the oppressed, I recognize my own hands which speak of powerlessness and helplessness. His or her flesh is my flesh. His or her blood is my blood. His or her pain is my pain and his or her smile is my smile. There's nothing in me that he or she would find strange, and there's nothing in him or her that I would not recognize. Powerful words from this wonderful theologian, Henry Nouwen, from years ago. Jesus' teachings with the Beatitudes invites us to think deeply and differently about the world in which we live. People around us reveal hope expressed in the Beatitudes, especially when we look at them as a whole body and not just one Beatitude at a time. They remind us of the compassion to which we are all called. Jesus' teaching is countercultural to our world and our time. It always has been and probably always will be. Jesus also invites us to stand tall in his new way of living, and to find our place in it. So I leave you with a couple of questions this morning. How do we find our place in the midst of Friday's tragedy? And might we be one of those good Samaritans yet to arise so that Tyree Nichols' death will not be in vain? And maybe that kind of tragedy will never happen again. Amen. Oh,